Where do you want to go on your honeymoon? Uh, to Tokyo. Uh, Canada. Bangkok. These, this question format needs oh to boy. be changed. Oh <laughs> my god! What do you mean? Because I'm over here saying things that I don't even mean. Like, why would I want to go to Canada on my honeymoon? So I was gonna say Hawaii. Well, that's that's your own fault, was, though. Like, why gonna, did you say that? Well, Canada could be nice. No, it's, it's, just, it's <laughs> not like Toronto. <laughs> you don't want to go to Toronto, <laughs> Canada, in the six. Oh my six, god, no! Six, six, six. I don't even like. <laughs> go to the six and have the sexy time. <laughs> oh my gosh, six, six. six. I would rather go to like somewhere like warm and like cute. Amber, this is entirely your own fault. <laughs> you answered the question of Canada. You can go to. Uh, Her brain was just like Canada. <laughs> no, because I didn't have an answer first. So I was like, you know you go what? Go to British Columbia. That, that was the first thing you thought of. No, I mean, I was like, uh, what's a country? <laughs> you can go skiing now, okay? No. That's what you get. That's not fun. You can uh, Wait, get cozy the, in the cabin. <laughs> what are the two that you guys said? I said Tokyo. I was going to say Hawaii. Like, in my head, I was like, Hawaii. But I was like, no, that's too basic. That's too basic. So I was Dude, like, you can Tokyo. find a Hawaii in Tokyo. True. That's why I said Tokyo. <laughs> wow. And what about you? What do you want to get? Tech smart on your honeymoon? What do you, what do you want to go to Tokyo? Yeah. I don't know. Like, like, yeah, they have the new Nintendo. Let's go over there. <laughs> <laughs> For like, real. Shami, I want to play with you. No, let's, let's play Nintendo instead. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just so much culture and, and uh, you Bangkok oh my god yeah why oh. do you want to go prostitutes yeah. Wait, uh, he's, going, <laughs> he's going on his honeymoon no, he no, doesn't I'm going need on my honey, honeymoons oh, <laughs> alright what's going on guys sorry for that weird intro such a weird um, you, didn't even explain, you okay. are listening to strange flavors my name is Veras my name is Shimmer my name is Amber this is brought to you by Aleph Theory um, if you want to email us guys about Anything, any questions you have for us, any comments or anything, you can email us, strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us your music there if you're a music producer or a rapper or, or a country artist. Or a country, no, no country artist. Oh, damn. Wait, okay. but why? Yeah, country artists, you can still send them through. Yeah. Don't listen to for us. All right. Country artists are. It has to be country rap, though. What? <laughs> no, that's even worse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Just kidding. Country artists are welcome. Anybody's welcome. We're also on social media. Um, make sure you stay up to date with us on Instagram and Snapchat. Uh, we yeah, do some yeah. giveaways sometimes. We're not on Snapchat. Just kidding. No. <laughs> on, uh, We're all Instagram individually on and Snapchat. Twitter. Um, and we do giveaways sometimes. So look out for those. We're also on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, what's, what's, up? Good. what's up? We appreciate you. We appreciate the subscriptions. Um, speaking of subscriptions real quick. Shamir just whoa, got whoa, to 1K. Oh, snap. Oh, boy. Okay. Big time. He's wearing a fortune <laughs> sweatshirt right now. Like, he's he thinks he's too big he's for us. He's the only so. one out of us, aside from our collaboration channel, that has hit 1,000. Frost has 1,000. You have 1,000 on yours? <laughs> what the hell? That's I didn't know that. Whatever. Shamir's is still more important because I was in 25% of his thumbnail. Sorry. Had to say that. How do you feel, man? Uh, not as good as one I thought it would be, and two, just the run up on the strange flavors felt much better. Huh. Well, I'm very happy for you. And yeah. I was actually, I was literally sitting there refreshing it for like a couple of minutes. And like, I want to do something special, but I just don't like. Whenever it comes to those things, like you know, yeah. oh, you hit this mark, like do something special. I always blank out. Like, yeah. I just can't think of it. And, dude, and you're good at making it. those though. Like when yeah. it's like comes to uh, scenty stuff. Yeah, but I don't want to make another scent. Yeah, you've video. made two scenty I've videos. I've already made in two scenty videos. That's enough for the year. Like, you know. No, I think it needs more. I kind of like scenty snaily though. <laughs> the scenty snaily videos are amazing. Yeah, and, and like low key, I almost start crying. <clears throat> now, to be honest, like making those scenty videos, I'm kind of playing with people's emotions because, like, behind it, like, <laughs> I wow. No, for real. Like when I'm editing those, like that last video I made, like I wasn't that proud of it. But I just put it up, and the fact that like people reacted the way they did, it just blows my mind that I could do so much better. And you heard it here first, fake news. <laughs> All of it. Snaily is providing. If it's a senti video, I'm playing it's just, with your it's Not that great on, from his. Uh, from my perspective. So everybody that just subscribed, unsubscribe, unsubscribe because no. we are being played with. <laughs> we have a new goal. We're trying to get under a thousand. Under a thousand? No, no. I appreciate. This is ridiculous. I appreciate. Bring it, down, bring it back believe. down to five hundred. No, it's crazy because you're not loyal. <laughs> No, I do appreciate You're playing games. <laughs> I I there's something about that number 
like I do like the small community that mm -hmm. I kind of had and now it's kind of like I don't recognize the comments sometimes now okay so everybody literally unsubscribe yeah. right now he likes <laughs> no. the smaller community no and, you just said it and, 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 and if you recently started I'm watching not twisting videos, your stop. words I'm not twisting <laughs> I appreciate it but am it, I twisting no no say it you're twisting no I'm not twisting <laughs> Shams looks like I'm he's not literally twisting. being tortured he said I like the small guys, community guys I'm being interrogated here he likes um, the smaller community I, I think we need to under 1k club. no I'm being interrogated yeah, do you guys said, sympathize with me come on I don't sympathize with you because I wish well, I had I a thousand I used to sympathize followers. with you when I fell into your trap of the Sensi videos but now I don't now that yeah. I know I've been played also you don't sound very grateful I'd be very grateful if I had a thousand I'm very grateful I just don't think it's hit, uh, it's um, hit me um, um, excuse me miss <laughs> oh only if I had 2,000 followers on Instagram I still facts. didn't get that facts you are not thankful anything <laughs> okay no it just hasn't hit me yet it just hasn't hit me yet oh well it could hit you I'm in Bangkok happy. try that oh out my God. Yeah. you coming is that our honeymoon that you announced Ew. Well, you're not invited anymore. Well, what? What? I. Um, Wait, if you guys get married, that would actually be perfect. Like, can I be like the maid of honor? Oh my god, I am planning a wedding. Yeah, yeah. Dude. So, uh. Wow. Ignored. We so we were talking about the Ronan Pony channel. <laughs> we just dropped this new video, um, called No Limit. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it was already is the no limit remix remix right um that g easy had that original song and we called it koi had nahi which is yes. no nahi. limit in urdu right. and it sounds very dramatic very dramatic. Nahi. that's but, how i um, have to say it every time but yeah uh this this shoot was kind of crazy and uh mm -hmm. i think that this is really funny because the reaction 18 to 18 degrees yeah it was literally 18 degrees it's, it started out 17 17 degrees in the morning uh, we woke up, well, my brother and I woke up at 4.30, uh, and I think you guys all were a little bit closer. Um, to six. Yeah. Well, I woke up at 4.30, saw the message, because we had to, like, you know. Reschedule. We, we postponed it by, like, an hour or two, and then yeah, I was I just needed like, that. thank God. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody was like that. But yeah, it was, it started, the morning started out with 17 degrees, and then it got to 20. <laughs> Max. Like, it was freezing, and we had no place to hide or anything. We couldn't even was, start a campfire, because nothing was lighting up. No. It was, it was rough conditions, um, as all the Renault Panel videos are, because it makes it worth it, you know? Yeah. Um, but the reaction that we got from it was pretty good. Like, I wasn't expecting it to, I thought it was going to be like, you know, usually cringe. with these videos, it's always like, oh, super cringe. And especially having, Amber in the song, I was like, I don't know where this is going to go because we've never, not because like you, well, well also because you, but you think it's, <laughs> but we've never done that before. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, But the reaction was amazing and Amber got so much love, which was awesome to see. Yeah, yeah. Shout out you guys. Shout out Amber. Thanks. Shout out you guys. Um, I'd just like to say I got one roast comment and it was actually like really great because I was looking for one and it? she was like, Oh my god, is that Prius girl from Kashmir so cringe? And I was like, yes. Prius I girl. So, you know, I don't have a That's Prius a good title anymore. to have, Prius girl. I mean, I'd rather be like the Maserati uncle. Maserati <laughs> <sure>. uncle? <laughs> Nobody's calling me the Maserati uncle. <laughs> Maserati. <laughs> um, but uh, I just think it's really cool that uh, in, especially within like the brown community, we have this representation who is Amber um, yeah. in our group and like that's something that I'm always like, like, yo, this is so cool to have. Um, and Amber is like super cool. Also and in like dang. our collaborative like effort, I think like Frost and I were like very like guyish, I guess. I don't know. Oh, you but, guys and, just needed me. You're not guyish at all. Okay, maybe I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but Smells don't have genders. Okay. Amber's kind of like the opposite. She's like, guys, watch Girls Trip, all these like funny girly movies and stuff like that. And we're just like. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys have to watch Girls Trip with me. Next movie night. <laughs> are you uh, continuing your rap career after this? It depends, Ross. Are you going to write some more rap lyrics for Whoa, me? Oh, don't give that away. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But, like, Ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, as long as uh, I... No, but like you killed it on the rap. Yeah. You know, that's the performance, the, performance. the performance was excellent. Yeah. Thanks. You know, like... Oscar nomination. A, you had the energy. <laughs> I got a lot of good feedback from people I know too, which was really cool. It was like the first time that people who've never recognized any of like the videos or anything, they were like, "Hey, that was cool," and I was like, "Thanks." So we're actually like performing. We actually perform all these songs like around different colleges in the country. Are you excited to actually perform? Yeah. Okay. That this is like really really weird. Like I don't even know how I'm gonna feel when it actually gets there. 
But like that's gonna be wild. Even though it's like two songs, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I performed. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm being so ugly. We're performing at George Washington University um, on what is it? March second. March second. So if you're in the area, in the DC area, come out yeah. and you can watch three of us just show Amber up. her debut rap performance. Yeah, debut. You, uh, but you nobody pay- there knows about it yet. So it's gonna be cool. Oh, oh snap. yeah, yeah. I'm so so only only the podcast crew knows. It's yeah. If you listen to the podcast, exclusive, yeah, exclusive. Yeah. exclusive. You show up there and you Venmo them and you get in and exclusive. then you watch them. With with the videos and everything, something really cool happened. Uh, that's not that big of a deal, but was a huge deal to me. Okay, it's a big deal <laughs> it's though. A big deal. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's We're, a huge deal. Take a bag, right? Yeah. Take yeah, a bag. Yeah. So cool. Well. Because Take Bang doesn't have a lot of followers or anything like that. So Take Bang is this Baltimore rapper who made the song Bankrolls, which is like the ultimate anthem. Like, if that song plays anywhere, I'm dancing. I don't care. I think it was actually like your birthday, too, where like where everybody was dancing and then I was kind of like sitting down and then that song played and I was like, yo, I have to. And I can't even dance. So like all like pretty much our crew, like I'm probably the worst dancer, honestly. Oh, my God. You're saying you're worse than me? Well, you're, Amber, you're not bad. You're good. You guys always make fun of me. That's a joke. You and Dower are like <laughs> yeah. at the top. No. Yeah. Dower's like the yeah. best and I'm like kind of lower. Like S- slightly. Okay, well, low. I'm like way like underground. <laughs> so so the point being when that song plays, it's just like I love it. But anyways, so he like quote tweeted Packy Gang mm-hmm. and he was like this is fire. Yeah. Yeah. Which which why, why is it awesome? Because one, it's like this African American dude is messing with the culture, yeah. you know, with with the brown culture, mm-hmm. um, and he he vibes with it like that's so cool. And then two, just like him being from Baltimore, mm-hmm. is so sick. Like somebody that we could actually like meet up with and everything, and he actually rocks with the song. Like that day that that happened, mm-hmm. I was bumping bankrolls all day. Me too. And then and then I don't know why, but like just I was in my basement. I was home alone, and I had that song playing. I was just like dancing like crazy, and I'm just like smiling and laughing away. It was just like. Sometimes there's like these moments in life that like you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, but you just like feel good to be alive. Yeah. And it and it had nothing to do with like oh a retweet or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. It was nothing about that, but I just like felt so good. Yeah. I don't know why, but it was just like I'm always gonna remember that time. Like, I think that, it was I, just so cool. I think it was awesome because like I think usually when we have these good videos, it's usually like YouTubers like acknowledging it or like comedians acknowledging mm-hmm. it. But this is like an actual rapper. And with a really good song and a really big song, and he acknowledged that it was really good, even though it, it makes was, it real. I think it makes it more real, and it's like, I, I, at that moment, I was like, okay, this is more than just like parody rap. This is like something much bigger. If someone like thinks of it like that, and mm-hmm. I, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And you know, I think it's like also when you know somebody from YouTube or like you know you hear a song that you're just obsessed with, and then you just want to like. You know meet that person or know everything about that person yeah. like that guy danny who's on youtube that made the song with just oh yeah. yeah right like we don't we don't know any other songs by danny like that before he made that one but that one song it was just like after you see him again in a just rain video yeah. it was like yo it's him yeah, you know? yeah. so with take Bang, it's like i don't really listen to him that much right. you know yeah i the know that song I know is but that bank, rolls, bank rolls all day yeah. every day yeah. any situation that song <laughs> is the anthem yeah and so it was just like the guy that made bankrolls just like acknowledged that we exist yeah. and not only that but like you know said that what we made is fire so it was just like it's a very small but like super powerful moment yeah. And I think maybe that ties back to like the whole 1K thing and all that. Yeah. When something happens for Ronopono, we have like, you know, thousands of subscribers for. We've been getting like, we've just been bumping up by thousand, thousand, thousand. Yeah. We're on 15,000, I think, soon coming up. Soon, yeah. um, and it's just like, whatever about it. But then yeah. when Strange Flavors gets 100 subscribers, that was like, <laughs> yo, yeah. like, no way. Because it's just like, you know, yeah. the beginning, the process, the, the journey, yeah, the, the struggle. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know. But uh, that moment was dope. Did you guys see Black Panther over the weekend? No. I saw Black Panther. You did? Definitely. I had to. Wow. How What'd you it? think? I thought it was really good. By the way, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, We're not going to yeah. spoilers. I thought it was really good. Um, but I think the impact of it was, like, so beautiful. Like, What do you mean? Just 
everyone dressing up for it, getting mm -hmm. hype for it. The fact that a lot of the cast and even behind the scenes are black. The fact that uh, even on Halloween, white kids are gonna finally become a black superhero. Like that thing would, that always blew my mind because you would always see like, you know, brown people or black people or whatever uh, minority becoming, trying to be like Spider-Man or Captain America. But this time mm -hmm. it's like a white kid is gonna try to be like Black Panther. And that to me just blows my mind. And mm -hmm. it, it's so much bigger than that. It opens doors for other, you know, black artists and black directors and actors and stuff like that. So mm. just the whole impact and the message behind even the movie itself was it was just so good. And the fact that it's, you know, and like there is like Will Smith and Denzel Washington mm -hmm. and stuff, but this is a Marvel movie. And like, this is for kids and kids will grow up saying like, yo, I like, they wa they'll watch this movie like a thousand times. Mm -hmm. Like right. how I watched Spider-Man a thousand times, which is, I don't know, beautiful to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I actually fell asleep during the movie. Dang. Wait, did, did you watch it in theaters? Yeah. You, and you I don't know if maybe I was, like, tired. Um, but You fell asleep? You know what? People are dying for those tickets. You know what? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I need to re-watch re the movie, but I found it kind of boring. Okay. It was, like, so dragged out. Dang. But I, I'm with you on, like, the whole movement and all that kind of stuff. Like, I thought that was dope. The thing that I liked more than anything was that... The women in the movie ran the show. Oh yeah, that was that was another thing. They were they were the whole movie. That like was... without them, it was nothing. And that was my favorite part. Was like uh, there was like three main women, pretty much, yeah. and uh, each of them had like a super significant role. Yeah, one was like emotional. The other one was funny, emotional, comical. supporting, comical, and then yeah. smart too. And yeah. Like, and like and a warrior strong, yeah right like the strongest warrior so that was i thought that was the coolest thing but the cast was dope cast was um, dope, yeah and and everything about it was like really cool i love the costuming and i love seeing the african different uh cultures of africa coming together yeah i really liked all that but the movie itself for me found it kind of boring sorry i fell asleep i feel you but like you know, when you're a kid, for me at least, when I watched like Spider-Man, I wanted to like go around New York City and like swing webs. And that hasn't happened to me recently, like out of any movie, uh, superhero movie. But like with this Black Panther, like I wanted to like, you know, jump around and <laughs> get my claws out, you know, drive a to Lexus. Like, <laughs> you have superpowers. Stop, Leave stop. A mean stop. snail trail. Oh my God. <laughs> Your enemies I'm slip quitting. on that? Guys, I'm quitting a podcast right now. Wait, I have a question. I have a question, though. Like, no, would no, your enemies, no. like, slip on it or would they get <laughs> stuck in it? They don't even get the joke. They do because you're snaily. But they, not they on the podcast. Yes, they do because we had no, a whole snail march thing about We you. had a snail march. Did they even get that? Did you guys get that? Yeah, oh. they got it. They, the people comment. They're like, Who's, you guys hey, guys, uh, question for everybody. Oh do you God. think that when he leaves the snail trail, his enemies get stuck in this? In the trail, or do they slip in it? Can I guess? Yeah. I feel like they would slide in it. Like, it'd be, like, almost like a banana like peel effect. Yeah, like yeah. a banana like peel Like Mario effect. Kart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'd be, like, a snail trail. Dude, slide. if you could be Shamir in Mario Kart, mm -hmm. you win already. That's true. Like, you just, you just leave a snail trail right. behind you. You, you guys jealous? Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great superpower. All right. Like, a Dude, bat or, like, your First brown superhero, <laughs> snaily. <laughs> like, I want my kids to grow up and be like, I want to be snaily. <laughs> <laughs> run around and take their shells out you know <laughs> what is that what snails do they have <laughs> shells right yeah but would they take them off <laughs> yeah no you'd want to keep them, them on, on. Them on. <laughs> okay no i said take them out like put them on okay but like that you know what i would like better content. from you as a snail if you <laughs> oh, meowed like gary that would be the best snail <laughs> okay it's uh it's time to bring on our guest so this this guest this week um is going to shed a little light on what the process is um being a writer uh you know for a feature film and he tells us you know how he got to start and everything like that so uh we're excited to bring him on he has a movie coming out in theaters in april everybody please welcome maxwell towson Are you excited for the Oscars? Uh, 
Uh, no, no, no. Really? I'm, never, I'm never excited for Oscars. Why? No. Uh, I mean, to me, it's mostly just homecoming. It's just a homecoming pageant mm. for everybody for their year. Uh, it's always good to see. It's interesting to see who wins, kind of who the industry thinks is the top of that year. But I'm never necessarily excited for it. Um, I definitely want to see what Get Out does and see if uh, Daniel Kaluuya gets anything. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Probably not. I think so, yeah. That's, that's how I've seen all the talk, ho- talk show hosts. That's kind of how they say it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. But overall, it doesn't. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Anytime I see something like The Post get all these award nominations and shit, it's no way that this is right. Because I, I love Spielberg, but... Yeah. Just because you put Meryl Streep and Tom yeah. Cruise and I mean uh, Tom Hanks into a movie doesn't mean that it's going to be greatness. Most- I did see it. It's it's okay. It's Spielberg. I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and I, mean, I and I love Oscar movies. Usually, right, right. But I was like, this is what everybody thinks. Exactly. So yeah. I I feel like that sometimes, but otherwise, it's like I do like watching the Oscars. I don't know. It's just just to see like you know what's I guess movies I should be looking out for or something for some right. reason. I like the Golden Globes a little bit better because they're drunk the whole night. So they really go up. You really see people feeling themselves. Uh, and the, the the cuts at the Golden Globes for reaction shots are amazing because not only are they drunk, but some people are just not even paying attention or are on their phones. You can tell who doesn't fuck with who. It's amazing. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so first, first of all, like, who are you and what do you do for those that don't know? Gotcha. So my name is Maxwell Michael Towson. I am a screenwriter and director. Uh, right now, I have a film coming out in April. I believe it's April. I think I can say April now. So yeah, it's in April <laughs> uh, called Low Life. So that'll be out in theaters in April and also video on demand. How did you get into um, the film stuff in general? So I want to say it was closer to my junior year at the University of Maryland College Park when I started writing scripts. So I would just write a script here and there and was working on some stuff. Of course, you show it to your friends. Nobody believes you that you write scripts. You're joking. Why would you do that? That seems like a waste of time, so on and so forth. Of course, I had a couple of friends that supported it and said, this looks fun. We'll see where this goes. And then when I was trying to decide after, well, during my senior year, whether or not, you know, what you're going to do in life, uh, are you just going to take a job? Are you going to go to grad school? Uh, Some of my, one of my friend's uncles told me that if I wanted to go to film school, it's always a good idea to go out to where the industry is. Because at the time, two of my friends were going to NYU. Mm -hmm. So they said, hey, come to New York with us. We can all live together. Let's do this. And my friend's uncle said, no, you want to go to L.A.? You want to kind of be in the industry? You want to be out there if you have to take meetings, so on and so forth? So I applied to American Film Institute Conservatory instead. Uh, I got in. And then from there, that's kind of just how I started. Which was where? Uh, that's in Los Angeles, so okay. in the Los Feliz area in uh, Los Angeles. So that's right, uh, what's that, east of Hollywood? Like, just a little bit east of Hollywood. So well, did you grow up here? Uh, yeah, I grew in up Baltimore? in Baltimore, yeah. I okay. grew up in Baltimore, went to Towson Catholic and City for high school, and then I went on to the University of Maryland. Nice. What were you studying at undergrad? Uh, so <laughs> that's a wild story, actually. So I went in, I was supposed to be a business major when I went in, so they have this... Uh, I forgot what the name. It's like this pre-business program that they used to have at the University of Maryland before you got in uh, to the business school. So when I first got to Maryland, I kind of never, not even kind of, I never went to class. So I would literally go, at the time it was called the CRC, but I think it's the ERC now, right? It's the Epley. Okay, yeah. So at the time it was called the CRC. I would go to the CRC all day. I would never go to class. And so Maryland kicked me out my first semester and said, hey, you got to go. Uh, but they said you can come back as long as you take these winter courses and you get like two A's in the winter courses. Got those, came back, same thing happened sophomore year, like same thing kept happening. Uh, so finally they kicked me out for a full year. And then once I came back, uh, I did a English as a major because I knew I love reading books. I knew I was e- it was easy to write papers, things of that nature. So I said, you know what, I can just do English and knock this out easily. And so that's kind of how I became an English major. Now, um, what... Did you like find your writing style or anything through uh, college or would you say that you have one or something that you prefer? No, I mostly found my writing style in film school. So in college, it was more of a, let's just say trial. I was just trying things out, trying to see what worked. I would read a lot of scripts. So if I read something from 
Spike Lee or Edgar Wright or Quentin Tarantino, then suddenly that was my writing style for that next script I was working on. But once I got into film school and I got to see an array of other writers and directors and, you know, you go on sets for like Brett Ratner and you go on these different things and you see people's stuff, you kind of... And I think it's also as you mature a little bit, you kind of just become yourself and trying to understand what stories you want to tell, what what you find funny, things of that nature. What is that for you? Like, where do you find yourself sort of really comfortable or, you know, liking to? Either comedy or action. So anything that can intertwine the two, I love. Uh, but definitely action. I love action films. I love the diehards. I love the Star Treks and Ben-Hur. The original Ben-Hur is probably my favorite film. So I always like to watch the um, the gladiator scene and all that type stuff. I love those scenes. I always love how it takes them forever to shoot those scenes and three months just to shoot a diehard roof scene. It's yeah. I love it. It's amazing. So you were in uh, business school, like reading scripts and stuff. So how did you even come across doing that? Were you just like really interested in movies at a young age and then you decided to go to business school for whatever reason? Right. So, uh, so no, I never actually got into the Maryland Business School. Like it was a pre-program before you could get right. in uh, that I kind of just completely flamed out of. But even as a kid, I always had a crazy imagination. So I was one of those children that in first grade, if you gave me six pencils, then in my desk, I was, they were playing football in my head. So I'm in the desk. <laughs> you know, playing football with the pencils and it's touchdowns and the teacher's trying to teach us multiplication or whatever, and I'm just having fun. So that's always kind of been a thing where I always wanted to tell stories or was always probably a dramatic-ass child for all I know. So, <laughs> you know, you always, it's always something that was in my imagination that I always wanted to tell a story and write down something. So that's, it's, it's always been a thing. You had um, some shorts that you uh, that you have on your IMDb too, right? Uh, Racist Siri and <laughs> yeah. Blacks for Romney, right? Um, Django Guild. What what are those and why why were they important to make at the time? Okay, so the guys. So I went to after I finished AFI. Once we graduated, uh, some of the guys that I went to film school with it was three other writers and one of the uh, one of the directors in the program they came together to build this well to create this comedy troupe called Tom Fondle uh, so they wanted to do online sketches to kind of because at that time I want to say that was 2010-2011 it was when YouTube was really starting to show dividends from people making these big YouTube videos they were making money from them I think it was the first time people were making about 400,000 a year on YouTube which is Nothing now, of course, that little kid, Ryan's Toolbox or Tool Show, oh, yeah. he, he makes like 25, but <laughs> at that time, it was a big deal to kind of start doing YouTube things, uh, and that was like just before Vine as well, so you could tell that this it was momentum coming for that. So they did a couple of sketches. They did one called It's Nothing Gay About MMA. They got, a, they got some buzz, and then from there, they came to me one day and said, hey, uh, we want to do this sketch because, uh, what was that? Oh, the iPod, iOS 4, I mean, the iPhone, iOS 4 was coming out. So it was a big deal that Siri was on the phone and she was updated and she was doing all these things. So people were excited and they said, hey, we want to do this sketch where it's a black guy that's using Siri and she's racist. <laughs> so everything he asked her, she just comes back with a racist response. So if you say, hey, Siri, I want to eat, she sends you to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. <laughs> you tell her you're a vegan. She says, well, there's watermelon there. Uh, you say, hey, I want to go for a run she says it's a basketball court around the corner uh she tells you about your probation officer and it's like the most upstanding black dude but Siri's like mm, you're black so whatever and so that one like really went viral like that one was got us a couple of callbacks and people wanted to start working with us and then from there we did blacks for romney just it was this weird article online that said that Mitt Romney was polling at 0% for black people. And I just didn't understand how that was possible. It's no way, I'm, no, no one could just, 0% is crazy. Like yeah. I've never even heard of that in my life. So when I brought them that article and said, hey, we should kind of work on something related to this, we all came together and kind of honed that in. And then it became that Mitt Romney was really the nigga we should vote for because he's the one <laughs> You see all the rappers out here with money. You see the rappers out here with jets, and they're doing all this. Mitt Romney is that guy. Like, he has jets. He has money. He's a part of, like, a fake Illuminati, and like, he is this guy. So we're like, hey, you should probably respect Romney over Barack because, like, look at this guy. Like, he's, he's out here bowling. Uh, so that also propelled us to do, um, at the time, YouTube had this 
comedy channel that they called Official Comedy. Uh, it was through YouTube and Bedrock, and they said, hey, can you come and do, for our whole crew, uh, we did a Christmas special for them, so we did about, I want to say it was about 10 sketches all together, and to turn it into a 40-minute or so Christmas special. Um, and so, yeah, that was pretty much what we did for, like, the next two years, where we just got hired to do any sketch or yeah. whatever we needed, and also a web series as well. How did you uh, make the transition into, like, Hollywood, and, like... When did you know that, okay, this is something that I can really do with my life? Well, film school was definitely great for networking, so to see all these different things and see that it was possible. But I want to say it was mostly after film school, maybe a few years after, once we actually started. It was a weird period between us, like, doing the sketches and stuff, and then finally when we started thinking about doing the movie, because I want to say it was a dry spell for all of us during that time. And it was a period in that where one of my friends started getting TV roles and commercials and all this type stuff. And just to kind of see him build little by little to do his thing, I kind of started realizing that, yeah, this is possible. Like, not, not to say he's, he's a great actor. He's been, he's going to do great things. But just to see somebody that you came out with and it's like, okay, this is possible. And also my friend that went to NYU, he started working at 30 Rock. Uh, so he was doing great things. My other friends started working for the uh, Will Packer Productions. So I could see that these guys that I grew up with are doing great things. We're all from the same city. We've all done the same stuff. So it's possible to do whatever we want in Hollywood just because I've seen it now. On that same subject real quick, how much of uh, this industry is like getting founded and then how much is just knowing the right people? I think it's mostly knowing the right people. And then once you are found, like, okay, so you want to build a good foundation while you're struggling or you're unfound. So when you're doing these certain things, you want to get as much experience as possible. Because if you're found before you have that experience, then you're going to flame out. Like, you're not going to know what to do. You're not going to, they're not going to hold your hand forever. So if you have two or three failures early on, it's like, okay, well, if you're not professional early on, then okay, bye. But if you're already coming in with like five to 10 years of experience where you've done these things and then you're quote unquote blow overnight, by that point, you've been on time a lot. You had these experiences with other, other actors on set, other directors, other filmmakers. So once you are the overnight sensation, really, you already have these connections. So your next movie is going to be you already have friends there and all that type of stuff. So it is some luck to it but it's also the work you put in so by the time you've put in that work and then you're discovered yeah you could be the next big thing because you've already put in the work you already know what to do you already know how to network you know these things so it makes it a lot easier to take that next step and then that next step you were talking about low life earlier which is um a feature film coming out soon right um what is that movie about and uh what is your role on that how did you come up with that Okay, so I'm a co-writer on Low Life. So Low Life is kind of, it's like a Frankenstein monster of a, uh, <laughs> of a script. So at AFI, what we do is these things called psychofilms. So it's six different disciplines at AFI, uh, like editing, directing, writing. Um, I'm missing some. <laughs> I'm missing a lot. I'm producing, um, production design. So you have these all these different disciplines, and they want you to do these cycle films in your first year. So the cycle films are just short films where you pick the different disciplines and you all come together around one script. So the writer will write it, the director will collaborate, the producer will come in, so on and so forth, right? So in our first year, me and the director of Low Life were on this cycle film. I think it's called Harvest. So the basic premise around Harvest was that our producer at the time, uh, I believe she was adopted herself or, I'm not quite sure, but she had this story. I wanna say she was adopted herself, but she had this story where a couple, like a husband needed a kidney for his wife and he just needed this help. And it was like this dramatic story where his wife was dying and he wanted to go out and get the kidney and ask the daughter that they gave away for adoption because she would be a perfect match. It was super dramatic. And the director was just like, no, he's one of those guys that loves Tarantino. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not. I can't do this like dramatic shit. Like, I don't know how this is going to work, so on and so forth. And so we got to a point one day where we were having this, I call them team meetings, you know how in basketball where the team meets and there's no coaches and you're just, oh, okay. you yell at each other and it's like players only meeting. There we go. So it's, we had a players only meeting for our team and it was just, hey, we need to figure something out. 
So finally it came to the point where it's just, hey, how about the dad just kidnaps the daughter to get the kidney and <laughs> keeps it moving? And it's like, yes, we're doing that shit. <laughs> so that was our psycho film where the, the father was like, hey, I need to get this. And he hires a guy to get it. The guy tells him, oh, you know, she's in on it. And you come to find out she really gets kidnapped for this kidney. And so you're like, what the fuck? So that's part of low life. Um, also, two of the guys that are on our writing team wrote about this. They wrote this pilot about a luchador. And the luchador pretty much can't take off his mask until he has a son to pass it down to. But this motherfucker has 14 daughters. So he has all these children. And I think it was 14, but he has all these daughters. And finally, one of the women is about to have his son. So he's super excited about that. Uh, and the guy's name is El Monstro. So that was their pilot. And then... Uh, what was the the other part of it was this ex-con that gets out of jail uh, it's a white guy his best friend is black his best friend comes to pick pick him up from jail and this was like a sketch they were working on but when he sits down in the car he has a swastika tattoo on his face and throughout the whole sketch they never mention it like the black guy is just like weirded out but it's his best friend so he doesn't know what to say and then at the end he's like hey man what's up with this <laughs> like what's going on in there he's like look it's, i'm still the same guy blah 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 and then the punchline at the end is he's like okay let me go see this kike lawyer and you know that's the punchline that he actually is racist uh but that actually never saw the light of day because no one it was that was a bit much probably for most people right. so yeah so those three ideas we kind of put together into like three separate storylines that are intertwined into one thing uh for low life so mm. low life is kind of pulp fiction if it was even more fucked up because you got this luchador guy that finally his girlfriend is pregnant and she's having his son that he can pass down the mass to it's a woman that's trying to get a kidney for her uh dying husband who's like she ends up being the mom to the luchador guy's wife so it's like that's how that kind of intertwines the two uh ex-cons are the ones that are supposed to go kidnap the girl and so like through all that you find yeah exactly so but through all that you see their you see their different days all at once i mean so like you see like the luchador and then you'll see um the wife and then you'll see the ex-con so you'll see their different you'll see their different storylines cut together mm. and then you'll see them all come together at mm. once so you kind of play around with a little bit and then by the end of it you're you're rooting for them even though these are the guys that fucked up the most like these are the low lowlifes but now you're with them yeah. so yeah as part of a writing team and like working with a huge like um i guess different types of people like the director and producer mm -hmm. how do you get you know your ideas put on and how does all everyone else's idea get put into the story and how do you guys like work with that Right, so it's good that we're actually friends, so we could just tell each other to fuck off or laugh at each other's ideas, or if something works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But mostly how we did it was uh, one of the guys, he has a great condo in L.A., so we mostly met up at his place. It's pretty central as well, so like his place was pretty central to where we went to school. Uh, so we just met up at his place. He, had, he would plug up his laptop like you guys have here to a screen. And then somebody would type and we would just like throw out ideas and just kind of roll along with the storyline that way. Uh, for Low Life, we first started off where everyone got a piece that they would write themselves. And then we brought it all together. And then little by little, we made sure everything worked. Um, we had some trouble with the Spanish translations because none of us spoke Spanish well. <laughs> so we had to bring in one of the guy's girlfriends to do all that. And she's like, you guys aren't doing shit right, but whatever. <laughs> like, do what you have to do. Um, but that's kind of how we worked. It was always, even if like two of the guys, they're a writing team. So uh, on set, sometimes they went in to change some things because our main actress has been on, uh, what's the name of that show? I want to call it like Lincoln Heights. And she's mm -hmm. on, uh, it's a TNT show now, um, Animal Kingdom. So like, she's great. Like Nikki's wonderful. So like anything Nikki wanted, it was like, hey, like maybe this isn't working. Maybe this will work better. Mm -hmm. If we had time constraints or money constraints, it was always, okay, maybe they can work on this. So those two guys were actually putting in overtime on set to make sure, all right, so maybe we can change this a little bit. Maybe this location becomes this location. So, you know, they were definitely doing their thing uh, as well. I was going to ask, like, how do you get like a budget um, for this? And like, what's the process in getting a budget for a film like this? Right. So for us, it was... We kind of just strung shit together. Like the guy, the guy that I was saying that he has the condo and stuff, he kind of put in money to start us off. Uh, one of his writing partner put in money to start us off. It was girlfriends and wives putting in money. 
Um, we had another producer that came in and put in some money as well to start us, start us off initially. Um, and then at the 11th hour, we had a sales agent come in that said, okay, so you know, if we get the sales rights to be able to go out and sell this project once it's done, then we'll go ahead and put in money. Uh, we had a couple other producers come in. So it was just kind of little by little, we kind of got the money that we needed for production and then post-production. And we had to shoot some extra pickups and stuff like that. So it just worked out. Like everybody came in. It was a all-in effort uh, for you know, money-wise. And then everybody... Hopefully it'll work out once it comes out. They'll all get their money back, everything. They'll get 20% or more. Um, and so, yeah, so it'll be great. When you're writing for a feature film, do you have to consider um, the rating system or, like, award shows uh, when you're thinking about no, how it's going to no. play out? Or is yeah, that never. Okay. Yeah, never. Just, honestly, just write your film and then and shoot your film, write it, cut it, and then go from there. Like, it. It's not, we were at a point where we just wanted it shown, well, we wanted it done, and then we wanted it shown to the world, so once it started getting getting into festivals. Because there's a lot going on in this movie that right. could be yeah, it could provocative be. or whatever. Yeah, but fuck that. Like it's, <laughs> You just want it shown, you want it to get out to the world, you want yeah. the world to like it, and then you want someone to buy it. So it's mm. not, you can't muffle yourself or censor yourself when you're trying to get your true vision out, because then like you put out something, it doesn't work out. And you're looking, you're wondering what you did for that last year and a half because you didn't put your true vision out because you were worried about whatever happening. Like, just put the vision out. Then whoever buys it can say, hey, we have to cut out this scene. But that's fine because you own it now. So do whatever you want. So with um, films and, like, well, traditional films and online sketch comedy, what do you like about, you know, the online stuff? And what do you like about the traditional stuff? Uh, online is quicker. So it was, you know, you shoot it Saturday. It might be out Monday morning. Um, so you get that instant gratification of, all right, we just shot this. Now it's out. People are clicking it. People are liking it. You're getting, you know, when we did like a couple of them that did well online, like Racist Siri and Blacks for Romney, that was on uh, this site called World Star. So it was, I had my cousin said from the Eastern Shore of Maryland saying, yo, I just saw you on World Star. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the peak. Right, exactly. That, look, I said that for years. I said, I'm done now. I made it to World Star. I don't need to do anything else. But it's just, that's like instant gratification. But that stuff goes away quickly. Whereas with film, this, it's a slower rollout. But if I tell someone, you know, I'm telling people like, hey, you know, my film's coming out in April. It's a different, like, oh, you, you mean in theaters? They're like, it's, it's a different feel than just yeah. saying, all right, I threw something. I mean, not to say people just throw things up online, but I put something online and went through. Like, it just feels as though it's a lot more checks and balances to actually get your film out in theaters. So people kind of appreciate that more like, oh, that's an accomplishment. You've done great things. I don't quite think it's an accomplishment yet personally because I think we're going to do a lot more stuff and a lot we're going to reach greater heights, but it is interesting to just see people say, hey, that's, you did a film. That's crazy. Yeah. And when you usually write something and uh, see it afterwards, uh, you know, like the vision, is it, are you, what's your uh, usual feelings? Are you usually satisfied or? No, know, I hate all things. Really? Yeah, no. I can't even enjoy low life. Like I know it's certain scenes that are funny and it's interesting to watch it with different crowds on what they like and what they laugh at, what they kind of you know, shield their eyes at, but overall, I, I just hate, I can't enjoy our sketches, I just don't, I hate all things. There's nothing that's, that's no, ever been made like that I, you were no, just like, I, yeah, this is what I was thinking. No, it's in moments where I can say, oh, that was, that was a cute little, or I can laugh at something, but overall, I'm just like, like So what? have you ever thought about directing? Uh, yeah, so I have directed... Um, so like I did a web series that I directed I hate it but you know whatever <laughs> yeah. um, and I just did a short film that I directed I want to say that was about two weeks ago or so in Baltimore actually did uh, that I did it? a short film whoa yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's a pause. There's a pause. It was only a pause because I haven't seen it completely cut yet. I oh, saw okay. an assembly that I didn't. I just said whatever, and so I want to wait until I see it completely cut before I say yeah. I definitely hate it. But uh, the script got far enough along that I didn't hate it as much. So we finally shot it. But I still, it's it's a hard see, role. That makes me think that's probably why YouTubers have such a tough time either getting in or being comfortable with the Hollywood stuff because when you're on YouTube, you're it's writing, you. producing, directing, yeah. editing, oh, everything. Yeah. And yeah. Then this is a monster. Oh no, it's a, it's, yeah. it's so much you have to go through before you even, right. yeah. Do you, so, not, do you not like that about 
Or is that no. kind of frustrating, I guess? No, I enjoy film. I enjoy okay. both aspects of it. I just... The only thing about film is that sometimes, like, yeah, it's a lot you have to go through, but I think some of those things can kind of be, not to say skipped, but it's condensed, I guess is the, a better word for it. Because, I mean, you don't necessarily need this exec to read it and then the next exec to read it, and they're on the same level. It's like, guys, make a decision. It's, yeah. We don't need both of you. Like, one of you just make a decision and let's move forward. Uh, so that's why I always find it interesting for people uh, like Woody Allen that does a movie every year or Tyler Perry that can just put something out in six months and you're thinking, how, to, how did you get that out so quick? Like you were just shooting two weeks ago. Um, so I found that interesting. But for the most part, I, I do think you can kind of push things along a little bit, but it is very interesting to kind of see rollouts and marketing and how they want to push your movie and maybe this market will work better than this market. So that's definitely an interesting thing, to just their thought process throughout movie making overall. Now, from your perspective, uh, especially nowadays, we have a lot of um, different movements and things like that from people, uh, you know, talking about race or gender in, um, you know, who you see on screen. Mm -hmm. um, and so I want to know behind the scenes, you know, a lot of people say that, OK, even if, you know, for example, with Black Panther, everybody was saying that, uh, you know, this is an all black film. But then there's also this side that are saying, yeah, but the money is going to these white people who made the film. So I want to know behind the scenes. What is that diversity like? Right. Well, first of all, Michael B. Jordan is a god. Like, <laughs> I mean, where's string, Wallace? Um, I mean, where's Wallace string? I'm already messing that up, but I love Michael B. Jordan either way. Uh, but I think representation is important regardless if it's in front of the screen or behind. So right now, it's more of a thing where for Black Panthers, you use it as an example. So for Ryan Coogler, this is a 31-year-old black guy that has the fifth biggest opening ever, right? Mm. So if this guy is going to keep, like all of, his, all of his movies so far have had something to do in Oakland, California, so he's definitely putting on for his area. He's putting black faces and everything, so he's hiring black people. Behind the scenes, it's always uh, a black producer or a black cinematographer, uh, black people working on a crew, so all that type stuff. As he keeps moving on in his career and it's more black faces that has, or black or minority faces that have like this expertise, then they can branch out to do the next thing in their next movie, or they can be on a, the Wes Anderson film or the Tarantino film or J.J. Abrams. Like it's, as more people have this knowledge, it helps. So the more people that you have doing it in front of the screen and behind scenes, it, it helps regardless. So I think it's definitely a great thing. Uh, the same thing for women. I think it'll be great to have more women directors and then more women behind the scenes where, you know, you have a movie... Wonder Woman, for example, would have been dope if everybody was just a woman on Wonder Woman. Every producer, every DP, every grip. It, if you could do something like that, it's like, oh, okay, well, that's great representation for them. Which that was also a good movie. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's, it should head in a good direction, but I hope it's just not a thing where we're doing this now and then in five years... My man Harvey Weinstein is back to mm. <laughs> whatever, yeah. Do you use your own um, uh, experiences growing up African-American or anything like that in your own writing? Well, yeah, you have to. Like, that's just part of you. So you always have to use whatever you did in your life as part of your writing, or it's not going to be authentic. Mm. Uh, like I was saying previously, if you're trying to sound like Tarantino or this person or that person, people know. Like, they know that's not really... Not to say they know that that's not really how you write, but they know an authentic moment compared to just a movie moment. So if you're writing things in films that actually happen to you where, uh, like as a kid, you fell on the ground and you scraped your arm. And at that moment, it didn't really hurt until you walked 10 blocks away. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I really messed up my arm. Little things like that. Not to say that's a real thing, but little things like that help because somebody else might have had that experience and say, yeah, I don't just fall and then right away I'm hurting. Just little things that can kind of show that you brought humanity to the piece and authentic voice is always good. What is the greatest experience uh, that has come out of this journey so far for you? Greatest experience? Uh, so far, probably just my mom bragging all the time. That's probably <laughs> been the best. Yeah, because it's always moments. I don't know. I guess it's, like as parents, you can see, well, as kids, you can see your parents. They believe in you, but it's like, really? Is this... <laughs> Especially in this type of field, yeah, it's like you're really gonna be broke until forty trying to do this. Like, are you sure? <laughs> but then once they see the vision come, it's like, oh my god, this this kid is. Come on, guys, look at this. That's so awesome. that's yeah, that's yeah. probably been the best moment so far. But not to say she didn't believe; she believes in everything. But at the same time, it's like, uh, you know how hard this is. Why why are we doing this? Let's just go. <laughs> 
And you said that, you know, even though you have this feature film uh, coming up, it's not that big of a deal to you. So what do you see as like the pinnacle of success, you know, through your eyes in this in this industry? Uh, So one of my dream movies to direct is Kill Bill Volume 3. So the weekend that comes out, I'll feel good, even if it sucks. (laughs) If I got it made, it came out. If I get Uma Thurman back, if I can go get Zendaya or... Um, a manless uh, Steinberg to be Nikki. Like if I can do that, and it comes out, I'm good. I would I would feel good about it. I would finally feel accomplished. Even if everyone said, you know what, this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. That's fine. They say that about <laughs> Michael Bay all the time, and he makes the next Transformers movie. It makes fifty million dollars, so it's okay. But I would feel good at that moment. But it's it's a lot of work until you get there. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts or like you know upcoming projects that you want to plug or like where people can find you if you're on social media or anything like that? Uh, yeah, sure. So you can find me on Instagram and I guess I'm on Snap sometimes. So Instagram and Snap at Maxwell Towson. So that's T-O-W-S-O-N as in Nancy. Uh, again, look for Low Life in theaters. It's going to be early April. I think it's going to be mostly in, I think we have about 16 markets. So I forgot what markets we have exactly, but you know, that'll be out in theaters and also video on demand. So check out Low Life. Uh, so that's it right now. Oh, also, I have a podcast, Black Guy, White Movies, so you can look at that online. And Black Guy, White Movies? Yeah, so I just look at... Cool. So pretty much I review <laughs> any white film that comes out. Uh, that kind of... Like <laughs> so what? it's mostly white films that come like out. What? Right? Uh So like the first one, like the first film I did was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, I think the last one I just did most recently was Molly's Game with Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might cheat and do Black Panther. I haven't decided yet, but I haven't done a film with like a mostly black cast or director. Uh, but mostly, yeah, that's the basic premise of it. It was because I was on set one day talking about uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Right. And I just didn't... My producer was laughing because I said, I don't get how people do this shit where these girls just wear the same jeans and it's fucking you know like it's ugly betty and serena from um gossip girl and uh like lorelei rory gilmore it's like what how are they wearing the same jeans um so yeah so that's kind of how that came that i started I, w- I was always talking about sisterhood of the traveling pants which i enjoy as a movie it's a good movie the sequel's <laughs> trash but the first one's good you know it was real family drama in that but yeah so we'll link your podcast and everything in the, uh in the description if anybody wants to go uh check them out um there's a question we ask at the end of every show okay amber if you could describe yourself as any flavor what would it be and why well, I was about to say, so I have I have been trying to stay away from it, but Talenti has this gelato called Caramel Cookie Crunch. Okay. And I eat it all the time. Well, I used to eat it all the time. So I would have to describe myself as that because, I mean, you are what you eat. So and I, <laughs> I eat that a lot. <laughs> how do you think that describes you? Uh, I guess I don't even know how to describe Caramel Cookie Crunch. It's just greatness. <laughs> greatness. <laughs> yeah, it's just greatness. <laughs> it's just... So that's you then, your greatness? Yeah, I mean, yes, but I also hate everything I do, so yeah. <laughs> Dang. Um, all right, well, it was a pleasure having you on no, here. Thank you, you for know, having me so on. for doing this. Um, and for everybody listening, this has been another week, another flavor, a little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time. Don't you love a little complication? Don't you love it when we're running?